Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate, or you can go to buymeacupofcoffee slash CraigU. All of these links are also in my show notes. And for people who donate, I have various levels of benefits. For $5, you get a thank you at the start of the next episode of Canadian History X, Canada's Great War, and from John to Justin, and on social media. For $10, you get everything from the $5, plus this episode is sponsored by, with your name at the start. Also, I'll state it's sponsored by you on social media. For $20, everything from the $5 and $10, plus a second episode sponsored by you and promotion of something you're working on. And for $50, everything from the $5, $10, and $20, plus you get to choose a topic for me to cover on Canadian History X. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram and TikTok where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. Just go to my username, Bairdo37. And you can find weekly videos on Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash C slash Canadian History X. If you want to find transcripts of every episode I've ever done, you can go to my website, CanadaEHX.com, and there's over 700 posts on Canada's history there. Well, this episode is a short one. I always feel bad when I give you guys a short episode because I like to put a lot of work into these, but some towns are just short. There's not a lot of history to them, but I want to talk about all the towns that I can because all have unique aspects to their history. And that's why we're going to talk about 150 Mile House. For centuries before Europeans came to the area of 150 Mile House, the land was occupied by the Shushua people who had a large territory that covered most of the interior of the province. Their trading networks would extend far beyond their territory reaching the coast of British Columbia and into the Canadian prairies and the land of the Blackfoot. The start of 150 Mile House begins with the building of the Caribou Wagon Road, which was built in the 1860s and extended along the original Hudson's Bay Company Harrison Trail, going from Lillooet all the way up to northern British Columbia. It was in 1856 when Thomas W. Davidson began transporting goods to Fort Alexandria. Along the way, he came across empty farmland near Williams Lake, and Chief William, the local indigenous leader, gave him permission to set up a farm on the land. He would set up a store and a stopping house along the wagon road, and slowly a community grew up around the two buildings. This community would become known as 150 Mile House. The community would have some brief boom years, but with the growth of Williams Lake, the community slowly saw its population decline until it became an unincorporated community. Today, 150 Mile House is occupied mostly by farmland, but it has several interesting buildings that can be explored with a deep history that stretches back over a century. 
Many of the people who now live in 150 Mile House are commuters from Williams Lake. In 1895, a small schoolhouse was built at 150 Mile House, and the amazing thing about this building is that it not only still stands, but it is the oldest functional school building in the entire district. Constructed through the fall and winter of 1895 and 1896 along the Caribou Wagon Road, the building is one of the few remaining historical buildings still in the community. It was also built using local lumber, local funding, and volunteer labor. During its early years, the school saw children bring their horses to school, which were stabled at a nearby barn. Across the road, the doctor's house could be found, and the courthouse, I will mention later, was also located nearby. The school would operate from 1896 to 1958, serving as a school, meeting place, and social center for the community. It would be the centerpiece school for the original Williams Lake School District as well. The school would be used as a home from 1960 to 1978, and from 1980 to today, it has served as a historic display building and heritage classroom. The school still contains its original porch, entranceway, and cloakroom, and due to its heritage, the building was made a heritage building in 1987. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I've spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. In 1909, an old-fashioned stagecoach robbery would occur outside of 150 Mile House. The robbery took place on November 1st of that year, at a spot where the road was thick with underbrush. The two robbers were hidden behind a bush, and as the stagecoach approached, they would spring out and told the driver to give them mailbags or they would kill him. The driver was named Charles Westaby, who was deaf and did not hear what they said. He attempted to rush through the men, but passenger Al Whiteside stopped him from doing so. The robbers then said, quote, The mail sacks in two seconds, or your life. End quote. Westby then handed them a sack containing issues of the Caribou Observer, but they caught on and told him to hand over the three registered sacks and the locked sack from 150 Mile House. The men then ran off with their ill-gotten gains. It was dark and it was not possible to tell who the robbers were or see any distinguishing features of the men. The men were said to be middle-aged based on the tone of their voices, and it was believed the robbery was committed by local men. The Caribou Observer wrote, quote, A very clean job was made of the opening of the letters, which was done quite near the scene of the holdup. The checks which were enclosed in the letters were left there, but quite a lot of money, which was being sent to the big mail order houses, was missing. End quote. Police followed several clues, and the mail sacks were recovered, where there were many untouched letters inside. The robbers, though, were never found. 
1913, the 150 Mile House Courthouse was built as a single-framed wood building during a time when 150 Mile House was an important center in the region and handled many of the lawmaking affairs for the area. It also served as a residence of the BC Provincial Police Constable as he made his patrols through the region. As the importance of 150 Mile House faded due to Williams Lake growing in population, the courthouse would stop being used by 1928, but it would be saved twice from demolition by members of the community, and today is the last evidence of the importance 150 Mile House had a century ago. Due to its heritage, the building was added to the Community Heritage Register in 2007. On April 2, 1923, it was a momentous day when the first automobile arrived at 150 Mile House, having been driven over the mountains from Ashcroft. The automobile was owned by the Interior Transportation Company and it arrived with passengers. It was hoped that the company could make regular service possible between the two communities. And today, the main attraction of 150 Mile House is 50 Center, which is a mini mall and gas station. I hope you enjoyed that relatively brief episode about 150 Mile House, and if you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter, my handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Keelan Pregnitz. Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobbs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.